Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. Edition of Flyers Daily starts right now. Shot. Myers scores! Phil Myers threw it one-timer from the high right point. The Flyers had a man in front. Giroux was in the area. Lead it back out right point. Here's Niskanen with a drive. He scores! Matt Niskanen fires one through for his first goal of the playoffs. Into the zone. Matt Martin's got a man in front. And Hart got over and made a spectacular save to keep the Flyers' season going. Here's Giroux back there. Angles it off the point. Out to the left point, here's Provorov with a shot, he scores! Ivan Provorov wins it in overtime! And Philadelphia lives to see another day as they force game six on Thursday. Final score in overtime, the Flyers win game five, four to three. And welcome to your Wednesday, September 2nd edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. Brought to you by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Flyers come away with a 4-3 win on an overtime goal from Scott Lawton. He gets the game winner, and the Flyers live to fight another day. Let's get right into the business, though. You heard the highlights. This man scored one of the goals. Flyer forward, James Van Riemsdyk. Here's my conversation with JVR. Joining us right now on Flyers Daily, coming off a Game 5 win for the Philadelphia Flyers winger, James Van Riemsdyk. James, how much of a relief was it when that puck went in the net for you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh... Um, again, goals are hard to come by, uh, in the playoffs. And I think particularly the last few games, uh, our line has been kind of all over it as far as uh, having some good zone time and stuff, but we wanted to try to get some, some more, uh, positive production and results. So, uh, yeah, to get, uh, to get a goal like that, uh, definitely was good for the confidence. And now again, we need to continue to continue to do our thing on the next game. James, I loved the goal, but there was a play in the game. I love better. I always talk about here on Flyers Daily, like the details of the game. And there was a two-on-one, and you had a back check that I thought was tremendous. Those little things, sometimes you don't end up on the score sheet, but you can affect the game. And I thought that play on that uh, on that back check, I thought it quite possibly prevented a goal. Uh, those areas of the game, too. Um, just Is that something for you, just, you know, recognizing that moment and just digging it extra deeper? Yeah, you know what, for sure. I think for me, I've always kind of prided myself on uh... – just the small details of the game and always being in the right spot. And again, not, sometimes it's not necessarily something that, uh, that gets noticed per se, but uh, again, sometimes there's times where again, where the play breaks down and you have to, to skate like that and try to break up a play. But uh, certainly again, it's those little details are stuff, something I pride myself on in the game and always being in the right spot and knowing the right, uh, right times to, to try to make uh, certain plays and break up plays and things like that. So, uh, Again, obviously, uh, I think our team's been buying into a lot of that, and we have a lot of guys making efforts like that uh, um, over the course of the playoffs here, and we continue to need uh, need that to, to win games. Yeah, that's oftentimes the difference, James. It, it's odd because you guys you guys have won two games in the series. You haven't won one in regulation yet. Um, it was similar in a sense that you know you guys had a lead in the third period, uh, and they come back to tie it late. Uh, and you get to overtime. Did you draw on that experience as a group in the room between the third period and the overtime of what happened in game two at all? Knowing you could do it? Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I think, again, we have a confident group. And obviously, again, uh, not ideal to not just close out close out the game, like you said, much like the other one uh, overtime game that we had and uh, let them kind of claw their way back in it. But, again, they're a good team, and they're going to make some plays and uh, – um, and stuff like that. So uh, we're just going to have to always try to respond in the right way, and I think we did that. And, uh, getting into overtime, uh, we just kind of just got back to doing our thing and 
playing playing our game. And um, again, I thought we did a good job there of just the D trying to find some lanes to the net. And I think that's something uh, again we've been looking for is uh, trying to find uh, be an option as forwards in the zone for tips and things like that. And the D have tried to do a good job of getting pucks through. And um, I think uh, again we've scored a few goals like that. So uh, certainly that's something that uh, we need to continue to do. Uh, you've been playing in the league a long time, and anybody that's watched this, uh, the NHL, for any period of time knows that Barry Trotz teams play with a lot of structure, um, well-disciplined. Uh, w- what is it about them defensively that makes them so hard to penetrate and kind of get to the house? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you spoke on uh, a Barry Trotz team, but let's not forget about uh, Lou Lamarillo's uh, influence on that, too. Uh, that's, Great again, we, they, yeah. both, both those guys, I think, are kind of a match made in heaven in, in regards to how they kind of – see the game and the style that they want to play. But certainly, again, they're a, they're a very disciplined team. They don't seem to make a lot of mistakes that uh, beat themselves. And uh, they're, again, they seem to pounce on every every time, every time little uh, mistake that we make. So uh, it's definitely made for a hard-fought series. And, uh, again, we're going to be excited to get another chance to play here in uh, game six. What was the bench like when Carter Hart makes those couple of saves early in overtime? That can pick up a team, can it? For sure. I mean, yeah, a couple of those plays, you're kind of uh, breathless there for a few <laughs> seconds. Then you see he comes up uh, with a huge save. So I'm sure the fans are probably the, in the same boat as us on the bench where you're just like, oh, I like anything with those breakaways and chances. But again, he's been our, uh, our backbone back there, Hartsey is, and he's done an incredible job, uh, particularly for his first taste of uh, playoff hockey. So uh, we're lucky to have him. And uh, he's made a lot of big saves for us and give us a chance to, to win uh, every time he's in there. So does Carter go back to his room after, you know, getting an overtime win as a 22-year-old and pick up his guitar and strum a little bit and drive Scotty Lawton crazy? Yeah, you know what? That uh, probably says it all about him right there, I think, again. Uh, beauty. Just kind of his, uh, his demeanor and personality uh, of just, uh, again, obviously when it's time to go out there and do his job, he does his job. But I think his kind of uh, his mindset and his, his ability to kind of unplug a little bit too and uh, have that balance. Uh, in his life I think that's that's huge especially for a position like that where there's tons of uh, scrutiny on it so uh, again I think his demeanor and uh, approach uh, is definitely something uh, that you notice about him and um, again it's uh, we're lucky to have him on our team and uh, he's he's done a great job uh, for us in these playoffs. Last thing for you James Uh, game uh, number six coming up on Thursday uh, the start of that game is going to be uh, crazy because, you know, they're going, we missed an opportunity to close this out. We don't want to go to a game seven. You're going to get their best effort. What, what's the biggest key for you heading into game six? Yeah, I think, again, just coming out with a great start again. I think, again, anytime you're in a situation uh, um, and, and looking, at, looking at it from their shoes for a second, I think, again, they're obviously up three to one and they want to close it out. So we want to try to plant a little bit of doubt in their uh in their minds and that's uh, again what we can do that by having a good start and uh again uh going out there and then taking it one shift at a time so uh again we want to do that make it tough on them and not uh, give them anything uh give them anything easy well james uh congrats on the goal congrats on the game um you guys live to fight another day we'll be watching we'll be listening everybody be is really pumped up for thursday best of luck thanks for doing this Alrighty, thank you. Special thanks to James Van Reemsdyke for joining us here on Flyers Daily. And we go from JVR to CT, C. Terrian. Chris Terrian joins us right now on Flyers Daily. Bundy, that's not how you draw it up, but you'll take the win. Uh, no, that's, that's not. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have like a, I had like half a coronary tonight. I mean, that was, uh, you know what?
Jace, I mean, what a what a weird game, right? Like just the whole sport of hockey itself. When you look at a game like that tonight, and you know, I mean, first off, I commend the effort that the Flyers put out. What a unbelievably uh, a great showing in terms of the the way that they presented themselves to the Islanders. You know, no quit, a good physical start, engaged start, uh, and then the Islanders end up getting uh, the lead in the game, and then the Flyers go rip three off in a row after that. Um, that's a that's a team that's there to fight. You know, I mean, I, I can imagine, Jace, I've seen teams check out over the years of playoff teams down. It uh, takes a special group to come back. I mean, I know stories of guys that were down 3-1 in series before and their pickup trucks were, were packed, showing up at the team down 3-1. <laughs> so, uh, again, a hard-fought night by the Flyers and not quite what you want, right, in terms of the last nine minutes. Again, a, a momentum swing. It looked like they tried to kind of hang on a little bit, and that's just not what you can do against a team like the Islanders that, quite frankly, they had nothing to lose inside the last 10 minutes of the game either, except to go for it, and they did, and the Flyers didn't do a good enough job in their zone. That being said, uh, the overtime was spectacular. Brilliant goaltending by, uh, by Carter Hart. Uh, Lawton, who was a healthy scratch in some of these play- one of the playoff games, who was outstanding in the round robin, gets the winner. Uh, poetic justice all around tonight. Drew was great. He had a he, he had a good game, and quite frankly, he needed to produce. Uh, and JVR gets an important goal as well. Niskanen kind of redeemed himself from a rough game the other night. It was a great, great night, Jason. It really was. Yeah, and now they, and now they force a game six. And we talked about this, I think, on Sunday night after the game that if you can win the the game when you're down three one to make it three two. Um, when you when you had this happen to you as a player when you were up three one, what what is the mentality? I love asking you about the mentality of these positions because a lot of us, yeah. no, none of us played in the National Hockey League. You did. You went through these wars. What's being said in that dressing room after that game? How are they approaching this going forward from an Islander standpoint? Yeah, the Islanders. Yeah. So so again, you know, uh, you know, your 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 thought is that okay, well, we blew it, but we came back and we fought. And they did that the, the other game. I mean, mind you, the Flyers have not won a game in regulation uh, in, in this series. So it's great to get those over, those bonus wins. Uh, but if you're the Islanders, you're going to look now for your own solace, things that have worked well for you, much like the Flyers did. I mean, if you heard the Flyers all day today, right, uh, the big boy pants, uh, uh, you know, unique opportunity. We've had guys up, you know, down 3 nothing, 3-1. They've come back. So that's what the teams that are down 3-1 look for, that kind of stuff. Uh, before that game today, and, and they did. They said all the right things, you know, fall back on our experiences of guys that were there. The Islanders now are, are a team that's not really been in a scenario like this themselves, so that's where they're going to try to rely upon their veteran guys that have been through some of these wars. Probably a guy like uh, uh, Nick Letty uh, won a cup in Chicago. They'll try yeah. to use those guys. Uh, but they'll look for their own motivation, and, and they're certainly going to come out. I will, I will tell you this. I expect the Islanders to have their best game next game for whatever reason. Now, Barry Trotz is a good enough coach that he knows that they were probably weren't sharp to a, a, a point that they've been really sharp before. And I saw this happen with Washington last series. The Flyers are not going to get out of this easy, Jason. And you know that. I know that. Mm-hmm. It's going to come down. They're physically going to want to. Lots of hits in this game tonight. I thought it set a tone for the Flyers. And if they're going to game again or they're going to win two more in this series uh, they're going to have to play a similar style without having that hiccup at the end of the third period well they're also may not have not number 14 he uh, was in a collision oh, yeah. in, late in the second too, bundy and he didn't come out for the third or the overtime 
look like a hyperextension. We're not doctors, but um, it, how, how do you handle this without Couturier? Do you move Drew back to the middle? Who do you bring in the lineup? We don't know about Raffle, if he's available at any point, or even Lindblom at this point. Elaine Vigneault said today um, he's getting closer. He's working out, but um, how do you how do you even handle an absence of a guy that's a 200-foot you know, monster like Couturier, even though he hasn't been great in these yep. playoffs? It's just so pronounced. I have a feeling, I don't know, I don't know this, but I, I'm thinking maybe if Raffle gets back, that's something they could do there. The other option is Morgan Frost. That that's going to come down though to AV. Uh, you know, putting a guy who's played two games in the NHL in a playoff series. Uh, Morgan Frost for me right now is uh, that he'd be a little bit worrisome defensively for me as a coach, uh, mm-hmm. just from inexperience, from an inexperienced level. Um, but I, I, I obviously, you know, listen. I'll tell you this, Jace, and I I think you you know it too. I think all options are on the table. Yeah. Uh, I really do. Even even Oscar Lindblom, I think that option's on the table as well. Uh, it's been two warm-ups now. It's great to get him in warm-up. Guys are feeling good about themselves, I guess, having him there. But at the same time, you know, they said he'd be ready to go by September. Put it this way. If they need him, I really do believe that'll be a viable option for uh, for Alain Vigneault next game. Wow. What a, what a scene that would be. Absolutely. Yeah, Frost, maybe this team doesn't present the greatest opportunity for him, but um, you know, because the Islanders are so big and, you know, one of the things like Faraby yeah. for Frost is, you know, he's got to put muscle on and, and those elements, but and you still have Connor Bunneman, you know, as an option to bring in as a winger uh, and you can move Derek yep. Grant to center. You, so you do have some versatility there. Obviously, you know, yep. Lawton can, can play center or wing as well. Um, you saw the, uh, the, the play of uh, Matt Niskanen tonight with that big goal, the, the third period goal, great pass from Konechny, by the way. Um, but to have three goal scorers all get their first, now 14 games into the playoffs, Niskanen, Giroux, and JVR, that's a big pickup on the bench, isn't it? It is. I mean, you know, I mean, you look, we, we've been looking at it from a standpoint the entire playoffs up, up in the bubble that, hey, it's been great getting that secondary scoring, hasn't it? Like, you know, a defenseman, third liner, fourth liner. But this is a natural trajectory of how things are supposed to go. You know, your top line guys really playing well and then supposed to get bonus bonus goals from uh, your secondary scoring guys. And, and that's not been the case. It's been in reverse. So when you get guys like that going, three guys scoring uh, their first goals, uh, especially the two guys that, you know, really feast uh, uh, on, on, upon getting points, guys like Giroux and Van Reems, like, uh, it'll be interesting and curious to see, you know, how they're feeling next game. They should, you know, I've seen goal scorers. I never, of course, it never happened to me. I never dealt with it, but yeah. uh, I've seen goal scorers. Yeah, I mean, going to, uh, you get that feeling. You get that feeling, and, uh, you know, and, and, and I hope that that is the case uh, with those guys. And Lawton again, too. You know, he's, I think he still sometimes gets in a little bit of a roller coaster with his, his hockey career. Uh, I think he started really leveling off this year in terms of becoming that solid, steady player. That's another guy getting that big goal tonight, too. I mean, that, that's huge, really big. Well, Bundy, they live to fight another day, which means you and I will speak again on Thursday. <laughs> that's yeah. the good news. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, they're not doing it. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, they're not doing it in any kind of, like, you know, easy way or anything. But you know what? That's playoff hockey. We'll take it. Uh, let's hope for game six and uh, stretch it out as as far as we can. We've seen this crazy scenario before, you and me. We were part of the Boston series in 10, yep. um, and we we witnessed that happen. And you know what? You never really knew it was happening until it was over and done with. You're like, wow, I just watched that happen. That was incredible. You need yeah. a lot of puck luck. You need a lot of good bounces, and that's what we're going to hope for And your top guys playing well. So let's see what happens next game, buddy. Thanks for doing this, brother. 
You got it, Chase. Thanks, man. Special thanks to Chris Tarion for joining us on this episode, as he does every episode uh, after these Flyers playoff games, and we appreciate it. Let's get to some Twitter questions. And we start out with one that's been asked quite a bit. Mark Procopio tweets in, and John Morrison tweets in, and says, if 14 can't go, do you think we'll see Morgan Frost? He said, I know Bunny has played more recently. Does this group benefit from 48's filthy mitts more than Bunneman's physicality? Well, that's the thing, because Bundy and I just talked about it. He is a dynamic player, Morgan Frost. The matchup doesn't lend to him with the Islanders being such a big and strong team. Plus, he hasn't played a competitive game since March. Bunneman has. Uh, but I think all options are on the table. And we'll get to that, that question coming up, too, because a lot of people are asking it as well in regards, is Oscar Lindblom an option to come into the lineup? Uh, Bob Krause says, does Lindblom make the lineup if Coots can't go for game six? Several people asking that question. And I think that everything's on the table for Elaine Vigneault. Now, what we don't know is what Oscar or Morgan Frost have looked like in practice. I have no idea. We haven't been able to see them practice, whereas we would normally be able to do that. Uh, We haven't. So uh, I don't know their status, where their game is in comparison to where it needs to be for this time of year. It is tough. Oscar hasn't played a game since December. Morgan Frost hasn't played one since uh, March. So uh, Butterman may be the option. But uh, I think everything is absolutely on the table. Flyers Puck tweets in and says, I thought Voracek was an absolute beast in the game. Power forward playing with intent and muscling through Islanders all night. Every shift he made a difference. I thought so too. When he is skating and moving his feet the way he did in that game, he is an absolute force and he is a bear to get the puck off of. Uh, It's a great observation and I could not agree with you more. I thought he had a really strong game. That whole top line did with Couturier, Giroux, and Voracek. Um, it, it's that's part of the shame that uh, Couturier got hurt, and we don't know what his availability is going to be. Uh, but th- that line was spectacular. Drew played a fantastic hockey game. The goal was a great goal uh, to redirect that down through the five hole of Semyon Varlamov, and then the other part uh, setting up the, the game winning goal. The face off win on a set play, getting it back to the point, and then everybody going to the blue paint. That's how you do it. That was perfectly drawn up, perfectly executed, and it, it keeps the Flyers' season alive. Tyler Golden tweets and he says, do you think the national broadcast is leaning towards the Islanders? He said, I'm out of the Philly market and have to mute the game at times. My wife thinks I'm just poor, a poor sport. Please break this tie. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I, look, if you're used to having your hometown announcers, when they call it down the middle, it feels like it's the other way. They're just calling the game as they see it. They have no vested interest in either side. So, sorry, Tyler. Your wife wins. Mark tweets and he says, we need to stop questioning the leadership group. No matter what is thrown at them, they respond. Yeah, look, that's easy to say after a win, of course. Uh, and it's hard for a lot of people to fathom after a bad loss. Here's the deal. You don't bounce back 10 times and not lose two straight games without good leadership. And look, I'm not in that locker room when it's just the guys. Nobody is. That's just That's a player's sanctuary. But the way I hear a guy like Kevin Hayes talk about it, um, not to this podcast, but to Spit and Chicklets, which he knows he's not talking to just a flyer audience and talking about, you know, the leadership group and how great it is. He's only been here a season and he was in New York and he he's very impressed by the leadership group here. I tend to take those players opinions more than I take a guy that is just deciding to weigh in on Twitter um, saying they have no leadership because they didn't perform well in a game that's full of ebbs and flows in momentum sport. 
Beppo Vittoria tweets and he says, would you shake up the D pairs, Myers with Provy, Niskanen with Sanheim? He said, I know it goes against the grain that AV and Steph used all season, but the second pair has struggled at times in this series. Spreading the experience level out might bring some benefits. It's an interesting question. Um, I, I don't think that he will because I think he likes that and has trust in his top D pairing with Niskanen and Provorov and the matchups that they have to deal with shift in and shift out and the amount of minutes that they play. And then, and look, I think at this point, from a defensive standpoint, you dance with the girl you brought to the prom. I don't think that that's a good idea because those other pairings haven't played together a tremendous amount. And in a do-or-die game six, I don't think you want to be experimenting with that right now. I believe Orange tweets in and says, could the Pelic hit on Farabee see any further discipline? I think maybe a fine. I don't see a suspension on that hit. I didn't like it because he did drive his shoulder and into his head, so I didn't like the hit. Uh, but I don't think it was a suspendable hit. Jerry Cleary Jr. says, uh, Drew and Voracek were relentless in the game. Couturier is a massive loss, but Lawton looked great with that first line. He said, God forbid, Coots is out. Maybe give that line another look in game six. Thoughts? Yeah, I think that's absolutely in play, but it all depends on what Elaine Vigneault wants to do with his centers. If he moves Giroud to center and wants to have Lawton as his third-line center, then obviously it won't be together. Uh, but if he – or is Raffle available? If Raffle's available, Drew in the middle with Voracek and Raffle, and then you can move uh, Scott Lawton down to the 3C position. He's got a lot of options here. Uh, it just depends on how he's going to decide to deploy them. All right, last question. Zach Arrowwood tweets in and says, Do you feel that the Flyers are getting better as the series is progress- progressing? He said, I believe in this team, and as Niski said, I think they are turning the tide. Still need to clean up some of the areas, though, such as the PP. Um, you know, Matt Niskanen said that he felt like the, they were really close to where they needed to be to really give this team a lot of trouble. They've played their best two games in the last two of the entire playoffs, in my opinion. Um, maybe they deserved a better fate in game number four. A couple of bad giveaways in the third period um, and a giveaway in the first, but other than that, uh, they played their best two games, so their game looks like it is coming together. But we're going to see the Islanders' best game coming up on Thursday night. And you're going to see everything they have. They do not want this series to go to seven. They're looking at this probably, we missed an opportunity to end it now. Let's not, let's not miss another opportunity because when you get into a game seven in the Stanley Cup playoffs, anything can happen. All right, it's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily on a brand new game day edition coming up for you tomorrow. Flyers Daily is presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Supporting our Flyers, Penn Orthopedics creates the ideal care plan with treatment options fueled by our own world-renowned research doing what once seemed impossible so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine. Learn more at pennmedicine.org slash ortho and give them a follow on Twitter at Penn Medicine. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on tomorrow's episode of Flyers Daily. <laughs>